What's up, guys? It's CG Kids. So in this podcast, we have your mate Tom. He's a YouTuber with almost two hundred thousand subscribers that talks about psychedelics and spirituality. He's going to share his experience battling depression and how he used ayahuasca as a form of treatment. Uh, he's taken ayahuasca 16 times at four different ceremonies. So he goes into detail with not only his depression, but also what the ceremonial experience is like and the effects of the compound itself. I found it very educational, and I hope that you get some from it as well. So I guess I'll just start this off as just, um, so tell me like about your channel, what, what motivated you to start and what it is that you do. So, uh, mum's calling me. Let me put my thing on. Sorry, very unprofessional. No, I'm you're not. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so, what do I do? Uh, so, I started my channel over five years ago after my first ayahuasca experience, which was my first, like, true, profound awakening experience, which helped me deal with a lot of my depressive tendencies and anxiety and drug addiction and all these kind of things and this was the first I tried everything you know what I mean so I was like in a very hopeless state of mind of like fuck man am I just going to be fucked forever and just keep going down this downward spiral I hit rock bottom and I heard about ayahuasca and the Joe Rogan experience and it just resonated with my soul so I went to the Amazon changed my life and I wrote a blog then I made my first YouTube video on it. And it went pretty well. People resonated with it. And then I just kind of continued on that trage- trajectory of psychedelics, spirituality, personal growth, mental health, things like that. And it just progressed from there. And yeah, here we are. I guess it turned into, a, like eventually it was just, at the start it was just me making videos, just talking in front of a camera, raw, raw sort of videos. And now it's I make a lot of, documentaries and travel the world and do podcasting and yeah man yeah that's Still cool journey, so you were you you were struggling with depression and anxiety uh before you took oh, ayahuasca yeah. what was that like what's the what's the timeline and experience of that what was that like was it something you struggled with for a long time and what was the experience of it well it's interesting because i i didn't really know what depression or anxiety was when i was in high school so I, I don't know. I guess I was always, not always, but I was depressed probably since the age of 12, probably. That's when I actually started smoking weed and smoking cigarettes and at 13, drinking alcohol and hanging out with a a bad crowd. And I guess I was always depressed and anxiety, I feel like my whole life. I just didn't know what it was. I was just always in that panic fear mode and extreme shyness and always terrified of what people thought of me and always living in this fear mentality so i just withdrew into my own shell so i i yeah always for a very 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 long time and there was a big i don't know how it is now with schools but when i was in high school there was a big stigma behind mental health so if you had depression people aren't going to give you empathy you just get made fun of and people will avoid you like you're a disease so I'm, I, I guess I'm glad I didn't open up about that while I was in school. Yeah, they, yeah kids, kids, are, kids can be brutal, man. Kids are vicious. Yeah, and that included me as well, but I used it as a defense mechanism. I had a very hard shell. Like, inside, looking back in hindsight, I was actually a very sensitive kid, very empathetic, but mm-hmm. I couldn't handle it. So I 
had an extra hard shell and I was extra brutal and extra savage. And that's why I went more into drugs and, yeah, kind of like a little devil child in a lot of ways. So always yeah. getting in trouble and just saying mean shit to people. Yeah, you know, well, that's, that's how the, now, yeah. That's how I coped. <laughs> that's how, you know, I was too, though. It's like, you know, my world was, was vicious and the only way to fit into it was to be vicious. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like as as survival, yeah, yeah, adaptation. Like so, um, you carried that. Like, how old were you when you uh, went on this ayahuasca retreat? I was twenty three. I'm twenty. Yeah, twenty three. So, how was like your depression affecting you as an adult? Uh, a lot of just smoking weed all day, every day, eating shitty food, jacking off to porn every day, being in a slump not going out zero motivation chronic fatigue like really really bad uh sort of i I guess i don't want to say constant suicidal thoughts but it was always sort of like a in the back of my mind sort of like uh you know what if shit gets if shit really hits the fan at least i can kill myself sort of thing Mm -hmm. it was always like that yeah just that sitting there and yeah just alone isolation and had just hated my job i was working like at a factory job then i worked at a yeah factory job man they're the fucking oh so depressing i even now i feel like if i worked at a factory (laughs) i'd obviously take it a lot better but it was just at that time just hopelessness and i didn't i had no purpose and meaning because i didn't know what to do i had so many interests that my mind just diverted to so many things that i couldn't stick with one thing Mm-hmm. And I just felt like something was wrong with me because I'd get really excited to the point where I'd be hyper obsessed with something, and then eventually it would just drop off, and I'll just move on to the next thing. And yeah. I looked at it as a curse back then, but now looking back, looking where I am, I'm I'm a big picture thinker, so it, it makes sense that I dabbled in a lot of things so I can get an understanding in all these different fields. Like I studied. Uh, to be an electrician i did that for a while a tradesman then uh studied like personal training the kinesiology then i got my uh, uh engineering qualification so i did that so i just all bunch of shit and then eventually psychology but yeah man ayahuasca just kind of <sighs> it broke me free of that it showed me uh i don't want to say the true nature of reality because it's always an interpretation, isn't it? Like just because you have a direct experience with something, it doesn't necessarily mean that's representative of true reality. But it brought in my perspective in a way that it just, it made me feel more connected with the world, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. I saw all my suffering in my life as a, as a blessing. It showed me that without, you know, you need the darkness to experience light sort of thing. So yeah absolutely so what was the uh, what at what point did you realize like your depression anxiety was a problem or did you always know uh i guess i always knew but it got really bad when i like i used to be quite an alcoholic and i there were times like 99 percent of the time i was actually a very happy drunk very chill but that one percent some switch would go off and i'd go psycho and go into really brutal fights, you know, and it was, I hit rock bottom. It's nothing that I want to really talk about 
in detail but let's just say i hit rock bottom and did something that i you know like i hurt someone that i loved and it really made me realize how much i wasn't in control and there was something really wrong and i was just always chasing drugs and eventually i i went on a on a meth binge you know which i actually never talked about on my channel but i just remember going through that come down it was just the fucking worst man you would know about it like yeah you just feel a piece of shit and you're it's like depression is not even the right word because it's so much more horrific than that yeah absolutely <laughs> your so body is just yeah at what point did you like take us through this ayahuasca experience like yeah. like going there and the whole the whole ordeal yeah oh well just before i just want to clarify that i didn't get addicted to meth i just did a couple binges yeah. so i did it i did it a couple times in my life and then that's it yeah <laughs> uh yeah. and never never again never yeah. got turned on to it uh but yeah so the ayahuasca experience so i was in chile at the time so i stopped off to see family before i was going to do this ayahuasca and i actually did a cocaine binge a week before drinking ayahuasca because i thought like ah fuck it i'm going to do this thing i might as well have my last kind of drug binge or whatever mm-hmm. and then that really terrified me because i was getting resistance from my family and the world around me that i shouldn't do this thing like i told you before ayahuasca is wasn't as accepted back then mm-hmm. and you know a lot can change in five years but my family's like man don't go you're gonna turn into a hippie or you're gonna go crazy or the shaman's gonna rape you and putting all this fear in my head when i was already shitting myself to begin with but eventually I went by myself, flew to Iquitos, into this whole new world, and then met up with the retreat people. We took a boat in the jungle, and it's like, fuck, here we are, man. And we had, I had my first ceremony, and it was actually one of the most terrifying experiences I've had in my life. I got into contact with it's like all the dark energy in the universe into one entity you can call that satan if you want i don't know whatever you want to call it but it was fucking terrifying and during that ceremony i remember thinking that i was i just opened up a portal in my mind and i was going to be schizophrenic for the rest of my life i've i've lost the plot this is it the darkness has consumed me i got tricked into this thing and I was, and during that whole ceremony, I was like, fuck, you know what? Maybe when I wake up, it's all going to be good. Maybe this is like a purgative experience, you know, because it's very common in psychedelic trips for you to have like challenging moments, but then you come out of it the other side, right? So I was kind of clinging onto that hope, but then I woke up in the morning destroyed, so depressed. It was like, I guess, sort of like a nihilistic sort of phase, but. I thought that I was just going to be crazy forever and there was no hope for me, not even ayahuasca. And that was the really terrifying part of it because when you try everything and then you do something extreme like ayahuasca and that doesn't even work, like what the fuck are you going to do? And I was considering leaving the retreat because if that was the first ceremony, imagine the second one or the third one. And I talked to the facilitators and the shamans and then they were assured me that this was my ego backlashing and it was bringing up all this darkness to the surface and that I should continue and that way yeah I can get the healing that I I need and then yeah I had the second ceremony and that was actually 
the complete polar opposite. One of the most blissful experiences I've ever had in my life. I understood duality, one with the universe. I was grateful for the suffering in my life, and that just changed everything. And then, yeah, I had a couple more ceremonies, but that was a really profound one. And mm. it wasn't just the experience, because when I left the retreat, I was glowing, man. I was, for the first time in my life, I was happy. I, I remember flying back to Chile, and I was waiting in the airport, just waiting in line, and I was like, happy. Usually, I'd, you know, you're waiting in line in the airport, and you're like, oh, fucking hurry up. Wouldn't this thing go? Like, I don't know, you're just like antsy. You're not really present and happy, but I was just happy, man. And then my family saw that I just changed completely. I was smiling more. I was looking at the positives of life. I was more motivated to learn about self-development and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, man, I just acted on that inspiration and started a blog, made an ayahuasca video, and then people started resonating with that. So, of course, that just fed into that high and I just kept making videos and, yeah, man. So, that's pretty intense. So, what is this stuff? What did ayahuasca taste like? Oh, it's like it's fermented coffee, earthy. Ugh, this is fucked up, man. It really it's is like gross. fermented it, earth. Fermented it, earth. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It sounds gross, but uh, did you get nausea and stuff like that? Yeah, of course, every time. I, throw, like, I think I think I've no, I've thrown up every. I've done at this point. I've done about oh, fuck. I don't even know. Maybe sixteen ceremonies, and I've thrown up every single time. What is Yeah. What do these shamans do? Like when you're struggling, because I know shamans guide you. But how do they guide you through the experience? Do you remember any of that? Anything that they they were doing? So what they do at the start of the ceremony? First of all, they protect the space because they believe that there are dark energies and other brujos, which are bad shamans who cast spells and try to kind of screw with the ceremony. So they have to set up a protection spell, right? They light some Palo Santo, which is this fragrant wood in Peru. They light sage and smoke mapacho, which is the tobacco we talked about earlier. And then through the ceremony, they're singing these Icaros. And what's really interesting with these Icaros, they're not they're not just making up the words or just make up a song like we would. They go into these states and then these songs come to them. It's like so trippy, man, to think about. But they just go through the Icaros, man. They just sing throughout the whole thing. And if you're struggling, they'll come to you with like some agua de florida, which means flower water. They'll blow that into you or blow mapacho smoke on your on your temple or... Uh, just kind of guide you through it the facilitators will just like if you're really really struggling they'll sit by you and they'll just remind you to to breathe because sometimes when you're in that state man you forget the very fundamentals like sitting up straight deep breathing reminding your intention why you're there things like this so Mm -hmm. so uh you drink this sludge and then (laughs) yeah it's kicking in Uh, how how long does it take to kick in how did you know it was kicking in about half an hour. The, well, my very first ceremony, I started seeing like fluorescent dots, like fluorescent green, and then it progressed into lines, and then squares, and then circles, and then 3D shapes, and then more complex fractals, and then entities, and then indescribable shit. That's just it. Just is there anything the, that like visuals you can remember, or, like looking back, that were like you'll never forget, like vivid parts where you're like, I remember seeing seeing that. Uh, 
visuals I remember from the first night or just from any ceremony? Any, any uh, ayahuasca experience. Like a... I remember being in like a fourth dimensional fractal labyrinth and the color theme was like avatar, like glowing, fl- fluorescent, bright, colorful lights, but it's all moving. It's like life. And then th- this huge serpent going through it. That was <laughs> pretty that's crazy, that's crazy stuff. Um, so how many times have you done ayahuasca? Yeah, I would say about 16 ceremonies. But to be fair, that's been like each retreat will have like four ceremonies at least. So Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's not like ever- I went back 16 times. It's like, yeah, it's actually just three separate times I've been to Peru. Is to this, do ayahuasca. Was this so intense that you had times where you forgot you did a substance? What, pardon? Say did, did you have times where you like forgot you did a substance? Uh, no, no. You definitely feel it because you feel you, you feel it in your body. You feel nauseous, man. Like you need to. Ugh, it's just that throw. You just need to throw up. But then again, it also depends on your diet and how clean your your vessel is before going into it. Because if you're eating, let's say McDonald's and Cheetos the day before, you're gonna suffer more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so uh, would you say um, doing it each time, did you get pre-flight anxiety more or less? So like the first time you said... It stays the same. I I go into every ceremony with trepidation. It's still terrifying. I would say the very, very first time that I did it was probably the most scary just because I haven't done it before. But even then, man, even now, if I was to drink ayahuasca, I would still go into it with a bit of fear and trepidation yeah but it's more out of like respect for the medicine you know because you don't want to be cocky and arrogant and think that you're going to handle this experience perfectly well because all your previous trips have been fine so you never know man sometimes the plant chooses your experience for you it's really bizarre i know it's a weird thing to say but it's it feels anyway as if this plant has its own consciousness and its own agenda and it does things that we can't fathom, you know? It's like yeah. really weird, like it, it almost works as this cohesive narrative that unfolds itself throughout each ceremony. So for example, if you were to go to the Amazon and do four ceremonies planned, ayahuasca would give you, each ceremony would be, like she'll take all the other ceremonies into consideration. So she would mm. like spread out your experiences throughout the four ceremonies. But if you were just to go there for one ceremony, it would probably be more intense and give you everything within that one ceremony. So it's really weird. That's interesting. How would you say um, ayahuasca compares to the other psychedelics you've done? Is there anything that like distinguishes it? I would say the closest psychedelic that I can compare it to, even though I just want to make it clear that it's its own unique thing, of course, is probably a very high dose of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. It would be the most, the most similar. Mushrooms are yeah. pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. I some people would say that ayahuasca is mushrooms on steroids, but again, it, it's all dose dependent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a weak ayahuasca brew and compare that to you know a low dose or whatever. How would so, you yeah, say? All, all um, how would you say ayahuasca and shrooms are similar? And what would you say makes them different? Uh, visually, it can be very similar because uh, mushrooms in the higher doses is DMT, basically. You know, psilocin is just like one little structure away from being dmt so 
it makes sense that the visuals are actually quite similar. Yeah, just DMT, crazy fractals and everything being interconnected. And you see, sometimes if you go really deep, you experience entities and kind of, yeah, I don't know, man, beings from other dimensions. I don't know what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Archetypes or thought forms. Yeah. Just something big yourself yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah that's crazy um i've done ayahuasca once i didn't do it the right way though i did it in my room i shot myself <laughs> and i threw up uh, i have to say <laughs> it was much more of um like shrooms felt it could it's it's dose dependent like you said but shrooms felt a little more it's not that ayahuasca is predictable by any stretch of the imagination but it felt more like actual spirit that like a grandfather where shrooms felt like children like like children can be sporadic they can be brutally honest they can make you laugh one second cry the next whereas mm. like a, a grandfather it can make you cry but it has just this more overall gentle loving presence or spirit to it that's like more ancient and you know what i mean and it's been around a while it's not it's so much jumpy hey just sorry man the connection just cut out for a bit Oh, Can you say that again? So, like, you were saying about ayahuasca being, like, a, a grandfather or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like shrooms are, like, children's spirits. Like, they're very unpredictable. They can be brutally honest for no reason. Like, you're fat. You know how kids are. They can annoy the <laughs> shit out of you one second, make you laugh the next. Where, like, they had, like, right. like shrooms kind of have this childlike spiritual force. Where I always felt like when I did ayahuasca, which I've only done once, it felt like a grandfather. Like some ancient that has been around a while. Yeah, it can make you cry, but when it's honest with you, for me, it, it tended to kind of ease me into like where I'm about to be honest with you. You know, like ancient wisdom, <laughs> not like this it's, just it's sharp, you, you know, brutal, it's, vicious. It's interesting <laughs> that you say grandfather in the Amazon, they, uh, the Shipibo tribe, which is the most famous Amazonian tribe, they consider ayahuasca to be a, a mother spirit. Some will say grandmother or whatever. Mm. And also interesting that you said that mushrooms have this children's spirit because in mexico that's what they call it hongos de los niños which means like mushrooms of the children mm. so there you that go that's interesting so uh so since you've done ayahuasca you've noticed like or since you did ayahuasca the first time how's your life changed uh well i'll say the most profound change would have been like six months after my very first time and it just made me more, I guess, interested in spirituality and self-development and working on my mind and meditation, things like this, opening me up more and being more in touch with my feminine side, I, I suppose. Mm. But like anything, you know, this ayahuasca is not a quick fix. It's not a magic pill. Sometimes people can look at, look, go to ayahuasca and use it as a crutch. You know what I mean? Sometimes people can go overboard with that stuff and maybe over-rely on ayahuasca to fix their problems when what they need to do is go to the real world and work on their shit. And I kind of fell into this trap with psychedelics for a while, which I, I like to call spiritual materialism, which is the ego using spiritual practices to strengthen itself. While So in a lot of ways, I was using it to escape because mm. there were the everyday things that were the most challenging for me like cleaning my room or being actually consistent with eating a healthy diet or just 
super, super simple stuff. Even like working on my business, for example, which is like, oh, I just sometimes you don't feel like doing it, but you got to do it, man. So I don't know. It's it's changed my life in a lot of ways, but I also went back to it prematurely. And then I had a really traumatic ayahuasca experience actually about uh, over three years ago now. And I thought I was never going to drink ayahuasca again, but I got the opportunity just recently the other month. So I went back and kind of rekindled my relationship with ayahuasca. But now I see it as just, it's a tool to expand your consciousness, but I don't, I no longer rely on it or I don't expect anything. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if I had an ayahuasca ceremony and I got nothing from it, it's not going to upset me. Whereas Mm -hmm. before I was putting all my hope into this thing. Like if ayahuasca didn't help me, I'd be fucked sort of thing. Yeah. And that's not a healthy attitude to have. What would you say uh, separates psychedelics in general from like narcotics and alcohol or like stimulants? Like, you know, because uh, like some people uh, go at it about how psychedelics would be like a relapse or whatever. Or just like, you. I feel personally like psychedelics are lumped in with everything else. And I, I've, sh- I've shared my thoughts. But uh, what do you think makes psychedelics unique from, like, say, alcohol? How- well, alcohol numbs your spirit. It promotes this behavior of escapism. You know, it takes you further away from yourself, whereas psychedelics, if done in the right context, forces you to deal with yourself, deal with your shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it gives you perspective on life, makes you yeah. more grateful. And the one of the major differences between psychedelics and narcotics is that you're not going to be addicted to mushrooms, for example, to the point where you're going to take it every day. I'm sure there are some people, you know, humans can be unbelievable sometimes. But for the mm-hmm. most part, you're not going to be tripping on mushrooms every single day. Your body mm-hmm. even has a mechanism to build up a very quick tolerance so that you can't get the same effect. You know, like if you were to trip on mushrooms one day, the next day you'd have to take double the amount to get the same effect you know mm-hmm. you don't get withdrawals from it you don't feel the need to constantly get high off this thing because sometimes it can be really brutal I'm sure you've had experiences like this where you're like fuck I'm not tripping for a very long time man yeah. whereas narcotics for the most part unless you go on a crazy binge and you hit rock bottom it's not going to have that effect your body's going to want more and then you're going to just get addicted to that day by day yeah. So yeah, I guess it has anti-addictive properties, whereas most narcotics have addictive properties. You yeah. know, psychedelics can even help with addiction. You know, there've been scientific studies on psilocybin helping with cigarettes addiction and things like this. Drug addiction, like 5-MeO-DMT, has been used to help people with meth addictions. Ayahuasca yeah. can help with all sorts of addictions. So, and that even has been your experience, like going. Yeah, it. for sure. I dude, I don't. I haven't. I can't even remember the last time I got drunk. I used to get drunk all the time, and now it's alcohol. Zero. There's literally zero urge for me to drink. What do you? What would you say is like? Because psychedelics aren't for everybody. What do you, would you say is a big sign that psychedelics are not for you? Is it like mental disorders, or what would you oh, say? It's a, it's a hit or miss, man. Because like the obvious ones would be schizophrenics. So if you're having these sort of symptoms of psychosis or if you have history in your family 
then I would say don't do it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man, because it could be as well. Like, it can help with a lot of mental health issues like depression, anxiety, PTSD, and a lot of people who struggle with this go to retreats, go to Peru for exactly this, and it helps. I've seen transformations with my very own eyes so many times, and it's in, it's inspirational. However, to say that this would work 100% of the time is foolish, and sometimes, even like myself, man, ayahuasca has caused PTSD. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a really horrific trip, it can cause some mental health issues. And it's very rare, but I have to just say it as a possibility because I don't want to paint these as this all-healing drug that has no faults because you never know. Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say if you have bipolar... I wouldn't recommend ayahuasca. Actually, in the Amazon, they found the shamans found that it has a 50-50 uh, result. Like, it can either help or make it so, um, much worse, which mm. I found very interesting. That is interesting. So, it could, it could help you if you have bipolar, but it could also make it much worse. It sounds like the uh, kind of uh, drug it's, it's like for somebody that has exhausted all other options and doesn't really have that much to lose in the sense yeah. of vulnerabilities and, and i would say it as well uh for people the people who I wouldn't recommend ayahuasca or psychedelics for that matter if you struggle with depersonalization or derealization or if you're unattached to this reality or disconnected from this reality and you're too much of a dreamer maybe Mm -hmm. and you're completely not grounded in this reality, then I would say stay away from psychedelics because it will probably cut your anchor and you go further into the clouds. And and some people find it hard to integrate within society. you know. But for your average Joe, yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, for the yeah. Most part. The important yeah, thing yeah. is being honest with yourself. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you doing so, this just because you want to or are you doing this as like a medicine, you know? The big difference, mm. like intention, is so important because a lot of people that are doing it because they need to or whatever or they want to, it's like they're going to ignore all the warning signs. Exactly. And the ego is very tricky as well, mm -hmm. so it can use these tools in sneaky ways. You just mm -hmm. never know, and you don't find out till afterwards. And a lot of people can fall into this trap. But if you're going for healing, if you've got mental health issues, for the most part, it should be okay as long as you go to a reputable center with professional facilitators and master shamans as long as you get all those factors right and you take the diet seriously you clean your body and mind before going into these things you take it seriously you put in the work and most importantly you integrate it afterwards into the real world yeah there's a very high chance that it, it can help in many ways profound ways for yeah. sure yeah absolutely how much does one of these like trips to Peru cost? Like plane flight, trip, back? What would you uh, say maybe, roughly? Okay. Well, it depends from where you are. Like in Australia, obviously, South American tickets are uber expensive, like $1,500. Round trip? Round trip. I and don't then, know how much it is in the US. I'm but. not sure, but uh, that's not even that's not really too bad. I mean, what about like the ceremonies? Let's say um, it depends. You know, there are obviously retreats that are much more expensive, some that are cheaper. But let's say on average, you could be looking at a thousand dollars for a week. Wow, and that's they, they give you a like, place including to everything, stay, like accommodation, food, 
all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. not too bad. That sounds like, you know, $2,500 trip. I mean, but you get to leave the and, country and go to this, because this area you go to, like, in Peru, what's the area like? Oh, it's fucking amazing. It depends on where, whether you want to go to the Amazon, the home of ayahuasca, which is a trip in and of itself, or you want to do it in the mountains, the Sacred Valley in Peru. Have you done both uh, of but these? But they're both awesome. I have, yeah, yeah. Which one, uh, what would you say is the difference just in the whole traveling and trip experience, the whole thing, looking back overall? Amazon's more intense. Amazon's a lot more intense. There's a lot, just being in the setting of the Amazon of like all the noises and life in the background and the crickets and the monkeys and all that kind of stuff, just that intensity adds to the ceremony. Chupacabras. Chupacabras. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) frogs all that kind of shit but and it's a lot more uncomfortable with the amazon just because of all the mosquitoes and the humidity so it depends on who you're asking if you're if you're like let's say a middle-aged woman who wants a comfortable experience then definitely do that sacred valley <laughs> and if you're especially terrified of these experiences then again probably sacred valley the mount the energy of the mountains is a lot more gentle it's a, li- a little bit less full-on generally speaking but if you're a crazy motherfucker like me and you want an intense experience, you want to face the darkness and just go do the nitty-gritty work, the Amazon is the place for sure. Mm-hmm. And I like it because it's like the home of ayahuasca. But again, it all depends on who you ask and what type of person you are. If you want a really intense experience, then the Amazon will be the one. What's the? Uh, you've done a lot of other psychedelics, right? Uh, a few, not everyone. Like I know, for example, you, research chemicals. I, I don't. I don't. Did, I know you did ibogaine. Like ibogaine, San Pedro. Iboga. Nah, not even ibogaine, dude. Iboga. The Aren't they the same thing? Yeah. No, because ibogaine is the extracted alkaloid of iboga, whereas iboga has a lot more alkaloids. It's not just ibogaine. It's a lot oh. of other shit. It's like comparing psilocybin to eating a whole mushroom. It's going to be different. Mushrooms have a lot more alkaloids. It's yeah. there's a lot more things going on. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it's different for sure. And yeah. ibogaine lasts about I don't I don't remember, so forgive me if I get this wrong, but I think it's like 14 hours or something ibogaine, yeah. whereas iboga is like plus or minus 40 hours. Oh my god, bro! bro yeah. So of all different the psychedelics you've done, ayahuasca, everything, what has been your worst trip? Uh. Well, it depends what you mean by worst. You mean like challenging at the time? Just messed up, challenging, horrible. Yeah, iboga for sure. Yeah. Iboga? 100%. Yeah. I know they use that to treat heroin addiction and stuff. I know it's like a, isn't it like... I, it's, did, I, I didn't need it, man. They, capo, well, it, receptor agonist, it's not even a 5-HT2A. It, yeah, yeah, well, listen, it depends on what you use these tools for because... A lot of people will call them medicines. I, I don't know if they are, because a- any medicine can be a poison, right? So it just depends on what you use it for. I think the word that I like to use that accurately depicts psychedelics is that they are tools, right? And just like a hammer, you can build a house or you can bash your head in. It's just, it has the potential to do anything. And with a boga, man, oh my God. God, that was like that was the one that triggered a such a brutal existential crisis that I went through this stage of extreme nihilism, severe, severe depression, but like existential depression. You know, this was I thought I went through depression in my life before, 
but it was a very narcissistic, selfish, me, me, me sort of thing. Whereas this was like existential depression. I was like depressed for humanity, you know, and just constantly connected to that collective unconscious suffering Jesus. sort of thing. Yeah, it was yeah. intense. And you it went through it this just for my shit. 40 hours? For eight. Uh, no, well, actually the first day, it was like a lot of physical pain. I'm talking nine months this lasted, dude. That's why it was so terrifying. I've been through horrific trips in my life, like psychotic breaks, demons, things that are unfathomable to most people. But when the drug wears off, I come back to reality. Yes, I might be a little bit shooken up, like, holy fuck, that was intense. But I come back to reality. Aboga changed my reality. I didn't come back as Tom. That Tom was dead. I came back as this new person who thought that this reality was fundamentally evil. Imagine going through life where you think that that is what controls the world. It's terrifying. That's and I was horrible. like constantly, I was like in this state of like constant grief. Like, imagine, I don't know if you, you know, if you remember or if you experienced a family member or like a really good friend of you, of yours dying, you know, that heart sinking yeah. grief. Yeah, imagine that times a thousand. Because all your family has died. All your friends have died. All at the same time. Jesus. I had that feeling. I was carrying that feeling for months and months and months because I was acutely aware. It's like my consciousness was just like at that end point of dying constantly. And I, like, I was, yeah, I was fucking terrified, man. And I was like constantly, I couldn't even go outside without being consumed by the collective suffering of humanity like if i saw a homeless person on the street that would fuck up the rest of my day and i would like want to weep and cry and fucking because i was him that again i'm all connected so everyone that i saw i i saw myself in that person so i felt all that pain all that suffering that misery that hopelessness so i was like yeah man extreme nihilist i was going through like it was like beyond suicide and what i mean by this is like even if i had a button to not exist i would have pressed it but i knew that there is no point on ending your life because you're just going to come back and do this shit all over again it's an infinite loop so again it's that cosmic horror of you're not escaping this dude this is forever so it's fucking yeah Jesus. dude wow. yeah so yeah, ayahuasca you never had Jesus. yeah <laughs> Ayahuasca, you never had it, experienced that. You've had, obviously, have had very difficult experiences, but none that lasted longer than the experience itself like that. No, no. Like, in terms of intensity, for sure, Ayahuasca was my most challenging experience. But because this lasted for so long, and I thought that there was no hope, and I was just going to be... I, it's like losing your innocent, childlike nature and knowing that that's dead forever. And you're just going to be this depressed, miserable nihilist that's always focused on the negative and i came from a very positive minded nature you know what i mean and i lost that and it that's was it so wasn't interesting like, with the iboga because they know it helps heroin addicts so maybe it yeah, does the opposite if you go into it positive you end up negative if you go in negative you end up positive well let me just be very clear i did it in a very oh, i did it in a very stupid Situation. I didn't do it with a shaman in Africa or in this sacred environment. You know what I mean? I did it. Actually, there's a video on it. You can see it. Uh, I collaborated with Adam from Psych Substance, mm -hmm. and he was my trip sitter. <laughs> oh, God. So, 
Yeah, so you could imagine how that turned out. It wasn't good. I'm not blaming him at all, by the way. It's, I take 100% full responsibility. It was my mistake. I did a small dose thinking that it was going to be a micro dose. It's not going to be a big deal. Obviously, it was the biggest deal of my life. Mm-hmm. Ordeal of my life. Uh, but that being said, man, that triggered a lot of things that forced me to reorganize my priorities and now because of that experience i'm like a lot more positive i'm a lot more purpose-filled it took a lot of work for sure i didn't think i was going to get out of it but it was the most transformative experience of my life man i'm a lot more Mm. grounded as a human i can take suffering a lot more the pain and evil and all that kind of stuff i'm a lot more resilient to that shit because i've been through the worst possible scenario ever so whenever a catastrophe happens in my life it's like in comparison it's nothing compared to this mm-hmm. so from that aspect it's pretty good man yeah i feel you and this ay- an ayahuasca has been difficult what is that is that like anxiety or what yeah it can be terror anxiety uh like you being consumed by something uh, i've had like a, a psychotic experience once on ayahuasca where i just wanted to kill myself i was losing my sanity so just like con- just simple concepts like friend tom human just really basic words like that started to lose meaning and i thought i was just going to be crazy for the rest of my life and be in a mental institution because that was that, that triggered one of my f- fears of going crazy that used to be one of my big fears uh and so that really made me live it <laughs> yeah how and would also you say- that actually I was just going to say as well, that trip also tapped me into the collective unconscious. It's been a big theme of mine, and that's actually part of my purpose is helping humanity, like sitting through the shit with humanity, you know what I mean? So I had to experience all this, well, at the time, what seemed like horrific stuff. But, man, I experienced, like, during this trip, what it was like to be a African soldier high on meth, getting forced to kill people, or being a homeless person like who has nobody or being a an old person dying in a hospital alone like just shit like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it was horrible and that was and i can tell you right now man from all the ho- horrible feelings that i've felt in my life that one's the worst is mm-hmm. being old and live and dying with regret that you didn't live life that mm-hmm. is fucking next level hell man so that motivated me to yeah, keep living, do shit, live out my purpose. So, yeah, I feel you. It was there. good. Overall, it was good. Like I said, people listening, it sounds horrible, and it was. And I guess it was just, but it was my my trip. It's something that I had to go through. And yeah. then as well, that, that turned me off psychedelics for a very very long time. I didn't trip for years after that. <laughs> but did you have you had a channel at the time? Did you, were you uh, continuing to produce content? Yeah, it was. And the thing is, some people say like, oh, why would you keep making videos on psychedelics if you don't trip anymore? But I've always emphasized the point on integration. To me, it's not the person who's had a thousand trips that's an expert. It's the person who's had one trip and actually integrated that shit in their life. That's the person I'm going to listen to. So I tried to act out that persona of like just being the change that I want to see. I want to be to the point where I don't have to trip anymore and I'm still getting just as profound insights as people tripping millions of times you know what i mean yeah like it's it's not about the number of trips that you have it's what you do with each trip and so a lot of my videos i I kept producing content but i didn't have to trip 
Like, you don't you don't have to trip to make content. Yeah. <laughs> I know people. Who, it's just you just got to have a creative mind and maybe focus more on integration and uh, more spirituality and things like that. So and psychedelic. Yeah. I've gotten told by psychedelics themselves, the psychedelic gods or whatever you want to call them, that I've gotten told many times, dude, you don't need to keep coming back here. You're going to die one day and you're going to come here. So just live, just take advantage of this human life that you have and focus on the physical reality. Like, yeah, I mean, every once in a while, for sure, you can come back, gain some perspective, get a reminder, but you don't need to constantly come back. <laughs> you don't need this. Yeah. This is like training wheels, spirituality. It's for people who who have just lived such a mundane life and who don't see the magic of reality anymore that sometimes people need a psychedelic trip to just show them that this is a lot more weird and magical than what they believed. So, Yeah, was ayahuasca yeah. your introduction to psychedelics? Uh, no, mushrooms was actually. Okay, and like with all the psychedelics you've done, which one would you say is the least difficult? San Pedro. Okay. San Pedro, for sure. San Pedro like, is like... Em- is what MDMA wish it could be, but with the hallucinogenic effects of LSD, but with no calm down. Yeah. So, and L- LSD oh, has got a... I felt like it was pretty easy to go with compared to most things I've done. I would put LSD second easiest mm. for me. For me, the, the most challenging psychedelics are like the... Uh, basically all the plant teachers, because I feel like it's got a more ancient spirit to them. There's, there's like like for example with I've talked about it on your channel before like even comparing mushrooms to LSD with LSD I feel like yes I'm connected to something much greater than myself but I'm still within the confines of my mind I'm playing within my rules whereas mushrooms it's like I'm stepping into their reality I'm playing by their rules <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's much harder to control the trip whereas LSD I can actually control the trip mm. completely so or much easier, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. Simulation. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. Well, uh, where is it uh, people can find your content, your podcast, stuff like that? Uh, so you can find me on YouTube, Your Mate Tom. I've got a podcast, Your Mate Tom Podcast, which is on YouTube as well, Spotify, iTunes. Or check out my website, yourmatetom.com. It's got everything there. All right, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. No worries.